Johnson. We're, we're, we're back, take two. Hey, man. <laughs> we're back in more than one way. <laughs> we, uh, I'm Billy McGuigan, here with Jay Hansen. We, uh, we started a podcast a couple of years ago called Looking Through the Glass Onion, where we talk about Beatles songs from our perspective, which is interesting. We play Beatles songs for a living in a, a show called Yesterday and Today, where we play all the Beatles songs uh, requested by the audience. And today we're talking about one that is, this is huge. This is a huge Beatles song. Uh, not a B-side in any way. This is the song, Hey Jude. I mean, can we go ahead and just give it five glass onions? I mean, we Which might we'll, as well, we'll start talk there. about I'm that, gonna, I'm yeah. Gonna, uh, yeah. We, we like to rate our songs based on <laughs> our, our glass onions. And uh, this one is a five-star glass onion all the way. For sure, for sure. Uh, and I am going to put forth near the end of our podcast that this is probably the best Beatles song and the most Beatles song, um, which may seem weird because it nearly broke up the band, as we'll find out, uh, just because George wanted to giddle in the na-nas and Paul wouldn't, wouldn't have it. Um, <laughs> but let's get down to it, man. First, it's great to be back. Season two of Looking Through the Glass Onion after our two-year hiatus. We're going for it. We'll do more than five songs this season. Yeah. Uh, but we're, kick we're kicking it off with the big one here. Hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. And we'll hey talk Jude. about... Uh, yeah. Hey, Jude. Let's talk about who did what when they were recording it. I'll do the okay. band, and then you can talk about uh, the, the personnel on the other side, if you will. First of all, Paul on a great vocal. Indeed. Unbelievable vocal from Paul. Some of his best singing, which again, you start to hear again, and maybe I'm amazed, that kind of Macca screaming. Uh, he's on piano, playing bass on that. Uh, Lennon with backing vocals, acoustic guitar. Harrison backing vocal, lead guitar. Starr backing vocal, drums, tambourine. And there was also a string section. Uh, there's really only one live performance of this song, kind of live, they did on the David Frost show. Yeah, uh, which you can catch on the anthology. It's an interesting take on it because they clearly do not have their road shops anymore, as indicated by the little David Frost theme they play at the top where John's just <laughs> completely screwing around. Cool to see George on bass on that. Yeah. Anyway. There's also some live. About, there's no, a live. Uh, uh, YouTube has a live uh, shot of them rehearsing at Abbey Road. Um, that was done uh, for a documentary called Music, which came out in 69. But I just watched that this morning, and it's really no cool. No kidding. Yeah, John's sitting at the piano, playing the acoustic at the piano. Uh, George has already been pissed off, so he's just up in the, <laughs> up in the uh, control room. And uh, Ringo's playing drums. But yeah, it's super cool. If you haven't seen it, check it out. So I definitely check that out. Uh, we'll, we'll provide a link for that somewhere. <laughs> Once we, we figure will? out how to do any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> cool, you're on Yeah, it'll be really cool. <laughs> Call the IT department. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, our IT department is, uh, we're still working on that one. <laughs> As we're working on sponsors, if you'd like to sponsor Looking Through the Glass Onion, we, we, we're available. We pos positions are available, <laughs> totally. We are available. Again, uh, Jay and I are coming to you from our own studios. Jay's in his basement studio, the Scary Basement Studios. Scary Basement Studio, yes. Mid Here Midtown in Omaha. Omaha. I, yeah. I saw it before it was a studio, when it was just an empty room. And I'm in my garage, which I'm calling the Sunny West Country Club Studios here in Omaha. I love it. I love anyway. It. But we can see each other, but we're not in the same room. But it's great to be with you, buddy. It sounds like I we're talk in the same you. room. It's crazy. It, it, it feels like we're in the same room. I can almost smell your coffee that you make. <laughs> mm, it's good stuff. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, today's sponsor is Waterloo Sparkling Water. Their new summer berry is quite yummy. What oh, do you have nice. over there, coffee? Uh, you know, I'm just go- I'm I'm voted the most likely to need coffee today, so. <laughs> which is every day actually. This is the first time in the history of our relationship where my hair is longer than yours. That's never <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm just looking at you thinking, man, I look like a homeless person, and you look cool. <laughs> so, hey, Jude. <laughs> uh, I don't, like you said earlier, uh, you look very McCartney, let it be era. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's great, there, you know, we're speaking of it. I like so it. So imagine what I look like now. Paul's driving over to, uh, to, Julian, uh, to Cynthia's house, where Julian is. Uh, and in some of the research that I've done, it appears... And obviously, we don't know this. I mean, the research indicates that Julian and Paul were very close. Yeah. Paul close enough to be an uncle to Julian. Um, and, you know, he knew that his parents were getting divorced, and this song pops in his head on the drive over. Um, and when he, after he sees Julian, I'm sure, you know, kind of knowing Paul's process and learning about his writing process, you can just see all these images popping in his head. Things like the movement you need is on your shoulder, like these little things that he considers throwaway lines. He goes back to his house, writes the song, plays it for John, who instantaneously loves it, and, and he tells the story now in the, in the anthology. He's like, you know, I had this line, the movement you need is on your shoulder, that's a throwaway line, and John's like, no, you'll keep that. Yeah, that's like and the best me, line in the song. It's the best, right, and that, for me, and this is why this is the ultimate Beatles song. You have Paul gonna throw away maybe the best part of the song and John going, hell no, you're not. You're keeping that part. Yeah. It's, it's the magic like that that really makes this song special. The, starting with Julian, you know, like, hey, everything's going to be okay. You know, the, the meaning and the message of this song is so deep because, you know, I, I know that you're learning about songwriting and I, I am as well. And, they're, you know, you, they talk about these stories. Can you take something that's very personal to you and make it for everybody? Yeah. And and this song is the ultimate something personal to you, make it for everybody. This song means we get to see it all the time, right? This is always typically the closer for our show, typically always makes it in. And you look out there and you just see these moments that people have. This song just means something to so many people. And I, I think on the songwriting end, that's what makes this the best Beatles, even better than a Yesterday or a Strawberry Fields or a Day in the Life that technically are better Better songs in every way. But Hey Jude has that ability. It's not psychedelic necessarily. No. It's just, hey, listen, whoever Jude is to you. Right. You know, it doesn't matter who Jude is. You take that sad song. I mean, ah, damn it, Jay. I love this one. And I yeah, paused you on know, you, I read I'm still something recording myself. Earlier. Cool. Uh, yeah. I read something earlier this morning uh, out of the Revolution in Your Head book. Yeah, by Ian McDonald, which which is a great book if you're a being. It's open right in fanatic. front of me as well. Um, but it mm-hmm. said, you know, Hey Jude does for people in a universal way, in a positive way, what All You Need Is Love was meant to, but never quite accomplished. And I was like, Maybe Oh my I'll, God, it's yeah. so true because the sentiment feels the same, but Hey Jude, because of how well it's done and executed, and the sentiment behind it. It just, it, it, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I thought mean, that I get was chills. really cool. I get chills right now. Just, I mean, this is like the revelation as we're talking. You know, he writes this song for Julian, and immediately John thinks it's about him and Yoko. Yeah. That's how powerful it is. It's like his best friend, his partner is like, 
you wrote that about me. And to the day that he died, John always said the song was about him. Paul has clearly said, no, this is about Julian, you know? I mean, but <laughs> right. it's for everybody right out of the gate before they even start recording it. And let's talk about the recording because when you're contrasting, all you need is love, which the message is deeper. The, the message is more profound. Yeah. But the production is so everything. You know what I mean? It's, it's like all the Beatles stuff is thrown at you. You've got the harpsichord and the, the symphony and they're all dressed up and there's all the people there. But in this song, it's really... I don't, I mean, it's so sparse, right? It's just, it's piano, bass, acoustic. It's it's so sparse, yeah. And it sounds, I, I don't know. I mean, talk to me about, talk to me about that end of it, the production end, the engineering end. Uh, <clears throat> so it's, so they started it at Abbey Road, uh, rehearsed it there for a couple of nights, had recorded a version that they were, they were planning on doing an orchestra. Um, yeah. So they knew they were going to go to Trident. I don't know why they decided to go to Trident, but I th oh because because Trident had an eight track tape machine, Got whereas it. Abbey Road was still operating with four tracks, and they didn't want to have to deal with bouncing tracks, which they did with A Day in the Life, and they didn't want to have to go through that. So, so they recorded the basic tracks. You know, again, Paul had pissed off George, so George wasn't playing. <laughs> Um, but uh, John on acoustic, <laughs> Paul on piano, Ringo on drums, and they took that four-track tape to Trident, transferred it onto their eight-track machine, um, but when they got to Trident, they actually decided to re-record. So they started over at Trident, um, and George, uh, with a day or two away from it, came back to play guitar again um although his his lead guitar and i'm and i'm you can't see them but i'm using <laughs> they are air quoted, <laughs> quoted. <laughs> uh is is pretty minimal i, I there's there's two yeah. licks i can hear that he does um but uh uh so then they add a 36 piece orchestra wow at trident uh two flutes Which comes in yeah toward the it comes in in the coda yeah. The na 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 nas. <laughs> AKA the na 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 na. <laughs> uh, so, so effective, though, Jay. So yeah. effective. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I mean, that's again why I bring up the, the best Beatles song. Like George Martin shines in this one as well. Yeah. The sparsity he, doesn't, he, it doesn't sound sparse in any way. It sounds, it sounds like Paul is sitting there, like that day with John at the piano. Hey. And he's just singing it to you. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's so cool. Yeah, sorry. I was I was enthralled with what you were teaching me. I love it. <laughs> Professor Hansen in the house. It's the best. It's like, oh, did they really do that? <laughs> um, I'm just looking through notes. So let me see. It started yeah. at Hay's, as Hey Jules. Hey Jules. Right. Um, That's what uh, Paul called Julian. Yeah. Or allegedly. Um, Paul wanted it. Paul decided moved it to Jude because he said Jules was a mouthful, which I love. And and I'm he sure liked... it was a British person. It's hard, you know, Jules. <laughs> he liked Jude because uh, that was the name of a character in the Oklahoma musical. Judd, right? And he loved he loved dear old Judd from yeah. Oklahoma. Just a, just a side note, and the random stupid shit that Jay and I know. Paul McCartney again references Oklahoma in his solo album, Press to Play. 
probably my least really? favorite McCartney lyric of all time. Oklahoma was never like this, he says. Oklahoma. Anyway, stupid random things that I know, <laughs> connecting dots. Contact us at info at billymcguigan.com. <laughs> Sorry, Jay, back to you. No, no, no. So uh, let's see what else. So, yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, so so if you've seen the Let It Be movie, you see where Paul and George have the little discussion about Paul not wanting George to play. Yeah. And this has actually happened before, and it happened on Hey, hey Jude, where right. George is answering every one of Paul's vocal lines with a guitar thing, I, I would guess that he's mimicking, although I haven't heard any of the outtakes. I, yeah, that's I what it seems like. And yeah. Paul tells him not to do that, and George takes it very personally yeah. and subsequently quits a few weeks later for a period of time. But, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, which, which the infamous, there's an infamous, uh, I think it's in the Fly on the Wall recordings where they're talking about George leaving this is after he leaves again after the Let It Be row that started at Hey Jude. Uh, and that's where John suggests they get Eric Clapton. Oh. <laughs> and you can hear John say, well, we'll just get Eric Clapton. And Paul's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's an interesting, I, I, I also find it interesting that this is the song they choose to, to be so bitchy at each other about. I mean, uh, because it's, but it, because it's Hey Jude, you know, take the sad song, make it better. But we're going right. to get bitchy about my guitar solo at this point. But George, you know, this is an interesting point in their relationship where George is no longer Paul's little brother. Uh, kind of the things that I, because I, I did some research, why was their relationship shitty at this point in time? And the indications are, you know, when Paul brought George into the band. George was 15, 14, or 15. I mean, like when he introduced right. John, he was just like a young kid that Paul knew. And it's hard for that relationship to evolve, you know? I mean, oh, because yeah. I think Paul probably always thought of George like his little brother. I had this with my own little brothers where it's like, well, I mean, you're still that nine-year-old kid to me. You're not the 30-something oh, sure. yeah. year old with the face, you know, and I'm, that had to be what it is. And George thinking, hey, I'm a Beatle too. And that's everything that you read is that's kind of his... Right, right. And Paul's, yeah, but, you know, we all produce our own songs. I mean, that's where we are. So, yeah, I mean, eventually one of the things that leads to the breakup happens during this song. Yeah. The song about, hey, it's going to be all good. <laughs> While they're recording the album Let It Be, which is about, hey, it's going to be all good. Anyway, fantastic song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Nothing like it. So uh, let's see. What else? What else? Uh, seven minutes, 11 seconds long. The longest Beatles song? Yeah. Yeah, and also at that time, the longest single ever released. And in fact, everybody told them, no way, but they're the Beatles. You know? Right, John said, and, and they'll it, play it, it's us. Yeah, and they were right. I mean, it, it <laughs> totally. never feels too long. Uh, when we play it, I mean, when you play it night after night, sometimes it might feel long. Um, I, I just want to go to like the cultural relevance, which is one of the things that we talk about. This song... Um, you want to talk about a Beatles anthem. This is, this is probably the one, I mean, she loves you, of course. I mean, hey, but the, not, the second the na-na-na's break out in the coda, all bets are off in this song. I mean, you get the, hey, Jude. I mean, obviously that's a big part, but the, just the riff of the na-na-na, hey, Jude's, um, 
George references it in Wawa. You know, it's kind of a slight to slight to Paul in there. Mm-hmm. But it is the Beatles anthem now. You know, uh, we see it every time. I mean, if you you we're gonna do a show and not play Hey Jude, you miss out on that that collective everybody arms together singing. When Paul does this live, it is the song that you remember. And I've seen him twelve times at this point, and he's played it every time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. When we play it live, which we can talk about. Um, I remember the first time this song was ever requested. And it's one when people will ask me, hey, uh, what, what, what request do you remember that you've gotten over the years? And this was an early one. It was, it was even before the show was yesterday and today. Uh, we were doing the show in New Orleans, and somebody wrote, the request cards even looked different at that time. It was like, what song do you want to hear? Hey Jude, what their name was. And their reason was that their uh, little, <laughs> it still gets me to this day. Uh, the woman... She said her little brother was 12, and all of her friends, they were 14, 15 years old. And the, the little guy had cancer and died when he was 12. And Hey Jude came out that month. Mm. And she said, and all of my friends, after all the adults had left, all my friends, we held hands, and we gathered around his grave and sang Hey Jude. Would you please play this song? And that's when I knew that not only did we have something special with our show, but like the fact that that song played that important of a moment in somebody's life, it's like, this is, you know, music is more than just chords, you know? I mean, um, and that proves it time after time. So whenever we get to, I don't ever really get a chance to read the request cards for this song because, you know, you get 50 requests for Hey Jude in a show, but it's always a moment like that. Like this song comforted me in this time. So yeah, I love playing it. And I can also see that when we play it, after the Hey Judes, if the show's over, that is still in the air in some way. Like one of my favorite things is to walk back in the theater and just feel that kind of, whatever that energy is when you get to play the song still being in the air. Anyway, that's my monologue about playing it live. Any thoughts on your end, bud? It has not always been my favorite song to play live because yeah. for me, not singing it, it's boring AF, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but two things have changed it for me, and and and... Yeah. And uh, one of them is, is, like you just talked about, um, seeing McCartney live do it. Um, yeah. The last time I saw him when he was here in Omaha, um, I, I, I just watched, I just looked around the clink and, uh, or whatever it is now, CHI. Um, <laughs> the and... hospital building. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Currently, it's the place where nothing is happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We could socially distance there. We could definitely do a Y and T show there. We definitely could. Um, <laughs> plenty of room, six feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just seeing the audience and their response to that was so cool. The yeah. other thing, oddly enough, is I'll call it the chord. It's not the famous chord in Hey a day Hard in Day's life. Night. No, oh, no, Hard Day's Night. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. It's it's the chord, and I I I will call it a C six. Suspended 12, add flat 11. That is a passing chord. You know what that means to me? That's just a C. <laughs> that says, Billy, play a C. So it's like a C. It's like yeah, a talk C6. to me. It's oh, a passing yeah. chord. I think Hang I knew on, I this. Can't, so. I can't wait to see you have your guitar there. So it's this thing. It's the... It's that chord right there. 
That's a C6 sus2 add flat 11. And that happens. It's going from the C to the C7. Na, 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 Playing that chord every night like changes that song for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I've, I've, I've never played that chord in my life. And of course the beat, and I'd heard it. But you know, when you're, when you're trying to learn 200 plus Beatles songs quickly, yeah. sometimes the details fall through the cracks a little bit. So I'd done the show for seven years without playing that chord. Um, and hence it was kind of, you know, not that fun to play. It's like, okay, cool, you know, yeah. F, B flat, C, O, C7, O, F7, cool, you know. Come on, Paul, really? Teasing, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, uh, that chord, that chord and seeing McCartney play it live have changed it for me. I love to hear that. It, yeah. um, my, I think the moment that I knew that I was wanted to be, I mean, I, when I was a little kid, I knew I was going to be a performer, but I didn't really have a choice in that matter. But I think it was, God, I want to say it was yes, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I went to Faith Middle School in, in Columbus, Georgia, and they and a, my music teacher knew that I loved the Beatles, and she picked like a Beatle medley to end to end the show, and my part was to do the and I have ruined my voice every night on that part just because it reminds me of being like, you know, 12 years old again. It is, and I mean, from my perspective, again, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I do. And what I started to do when it, when, you know, cause it is, it's like five chords, but now I'll learn to play that passing chord as well. See if we're learning things here. What I've just started to do is watch the crowd in, in a song like this. And it just, you can totally. see what the second totally. you start playing it, you just see people go on that, that time machine trip where they're, yeah. where, wherever they're going and you got to take them there. And it's just like, yeah, I'm there with you. You know, <laughs> I'm there with you. Uh, I'm going to give you a little uh, sure. just weird things that I found on the internet regarding this song. Uh, we can go back and forth, or if you have one, throw it in. Uh, before the song was released, Paul loved the song. He goes to, um, this is my secondhand story <laughs> that I heard. He goes to uh, the Apple store, where they, not, not the Apple store, the Steve Jobs Apple store, but the the one, the boutique, the Apple boutique that they had in downtown London, like their their cool little shop. And he goes in there, and he's singing Hey Jude to himself, and there's a deli right next to it, a Jewish delicatessen. And he writes, Hey Jude. <laughs> and the guy comes out, and he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Paul's like, I don't know what I'm saying. And he, you know, and the guy explains to him, and Paul's just... <laughs> Innocent mistake. Um, Paul had to explain that he wasn't an anti-Semite. He, it's a song that's coming out. People are going to be singing it. <laughs> I also saw that uh, Julian purchased the uh, studio lyrics, like the lyrics that Paul oh, was using nice. at the studio, or the studio notes for $26,000 in the early 2000s. Julian owns that now. Um, those are the little weird things I found there. So do you, you find anything interesting out there on this one? That we haven't covered. Um, there's some swearing in the song. Oh, there is a. I, I <laughs> lay it on me. We'll also attach this to our. Let me write this down. That's got to be put in there. 
we have to do this attachment because it's it's very audible once it's pointed. Oh, totally. Out to you. Yeah. So um, around uh, two fifty eight, two fifty nine into the song, um, and there's differing stories, but I think it's John who's cursing because Jeff Emmerich says yeah. it was Paul, but um, uh, the Trident guys say that it was John, and uh, John drops a fucking hell. Um, fucking hell and a couple of differing stories here that I read Uh, I think John flubs the lyric right before that Um, he sings something differently than Paul Um, so the first the first idea was that he said he said fucking hell because he flubbed the lyric but I don't think that's the case because it's not the first time they've flubbed lyrics on a recorded thing. Um, Supposedly, what actually happened was Barry Sheffield, the Trident engineer, sent John a super loud headphone mix. John, because you can hear a, whoa, fucking hell. You can hear that. Apparently, John (laughs) gets that in his headphones, throws the headphones off, and then the expletive. So... um, they totally they leave, leave in. in. The yeah, it's and, and, beautiful. And, and, God, and once, it's beautiful. Yeah, like you said, once you know it's there, you can't hear the song without you can't hearing it and just <laughs> giggling. It's great. So, yeah, I love that. Uh, we'll uh, put those links on the, our website, uh, which will be at billymcguigan.com. We'll get to all that fun stuff. We'll have all these links and stuff that we're currently working on. We rated it earlier, but let's come back to it, man. Um, yeah. This is a. F- oh, one more oh, thing. Oh, yeah, please. Ringo was sure. in the bathroom when Paul started recording the actual take. And that's why there and are no so, drums. And, <laughs> right. Because if you watch the YouTube v- video, Ringo comes in earlier. Um, but, and Paul said he could sense Ringo tiptoeing behind him as they're recording it. And, of course, he comes in perfectly uh, when he does. But, yeah, Ringo had slipped off to, uh, to, to, to take a whiz. <laughs> uh, let's Jay see. Hansen, one, one more thing. Professor. I love it. <laughs> Keep going. So, so it, there, there were issues. Um, they, brought it, they mixed it at Trident. Uh, uh, Ken Scott went over to Trident to, to listen to the mix as they were mixing it. Ken Scott was like, oh, my God, it sounds amazing. Uh, Trident monitored much more loud more loud than Abbey Road, and they had brighter speakers. Um, they also used a U.S., a United States, um, and I don't know the technical stuff about this a whole lot, but um, Britain and the United States used different types of tape um, enhancement. Trident had a U.S. machine. Abbey Road had a self-built British machine. When they brought that mix back to Abbey Road to cut the um, single, it sounded very dull because the tape machine was was emphasized in a different way. And so they actually had to add a, this is a technical term, yeah. a shit ton of treble <laughs> to... Um, is that a button? Is that is that just, is that a pedal that they were the, the shit ton of treble pedal? It's the shit ton of treble pedal. Yeah, um, just to get it to sound decent, 
um, because of the equipment, the incompatibilities between the equipment that, wow. that the two studios were using. So That's next level um, stuff you will only find on this podcast provided by the professor <laughs> and Jay Hansen. Damn. Uh, now that's a deep dive. Oh, let's see. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, what else? Okay, so uh, the orchestra, 36-piece orchestra, they were all asked to sing and clap at the ends on the na na nas. Everybody but one person agreed. And the one person said, I'm not singing on a Paul McCartney song. <laughs> And so he left. Now, th the other 35 people got double rate because yeah. they played and sang. Yeah, yeah so they were the wise ones. Around. Yeah, I definitely would have hung around for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do I have any I other? I don't know. This is good. Yeah. What else you got for me, pal? First Apple release. It was the first Apple release on their new label. Pretty decent um, uh, let's see. single to be released. Yeah, on what that. a way to start. What <laughs> a way to start. I always love doing this because I learned something about the songs. I had no idea about the Trident business, but now I'm all in on that. We're going to give it five glass onions, no doubt. And I'm going to put it as the number one Beatles song. I know that that might not be a popular opinion, but it is a song that's not very difficult. Anybody could play it. You could pick up a piano, and in a week you could learn how to play Hey Jude. Guitar, you could learn how to play that song in a couple of days. It's easy to sing, everybody kind of knows it, and it's an anthem, and the message is just dead on. A song written about a very specific thing that is for everybody. Um, I'm gonna say it's also Paul McCartney's best song he ever wrote. Damn it, I'm going all for it. This, I'm all in on this song. Thoughts? I made bold uh, statements there for you. <clears throat> throat> well, the thing for me is, you know, I've always appreciated the song I got I got a little bored playing it after seven years of, of doing it every night. <laughs> but it is a song that you almost have to do every night. I get it, yeah. you know, because yeah. I we've done shows where we haven't done it. And I, I mean, I hear people, yeah. uh, what? They're not going to play, gonna hey, play Jude? hey Jude? Totally. Yeah. It's the only Beatles song I know. It's like, well, you're at the wrong show. But, um, <laughs> we can't help your taste, uh, sir. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so seeing McCartney and uh, the chord. The chord. changed it for I, me. Can you send Isn't me a link? Funny? We're going to put the link to the chord because I need to know what that is as well. <laughs> I'm writing this all down. Jay Hansen, it has been an absolute pleasure getting back to do this with you. Uh, ah, it's good to be back. It's good to be renewed. I mean, hey, we renewed, got renewed right? for a second season. Not many people get that shot. No, no. <laughs> I would like to mention this show is produced by Billy McGuigan and Jay Hansen. <laughs> Positions available. Positions available. Uh, all, all up and down our uh, infrastructure. So uh, you get to pick the next song. I don't, I don't know what it'll be. Um, oh, my God. I forgot about yeah. that. Um, you know what? Yeah. If, if you get any requests uh, in the next few days, we'll go that route. Otherwise, I'll, I'll, I'll know when that sounds great uh, we'll be back as soon as we figure out what song we're doing next this has been amazing this is looking through the glass onion a deep dive into some of our favorite Beatles songs we hope to do all of them at some point we, this was our sixth I think so number seven will be a goodie totally. be well friends you don't do all the stuff people are telling to you yeah, yeah. I, I, I won't repeat it 
Um, but we're, we're glad to be back with you, and hopefully we'll be playing in front of you sometime soon. Yeah. So Just wash your hands. You know what? Do what you have to do. Okay? Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Uh, you know? Please. Anyway, we'd love to get out of our houses sometime soon, and the sooner Indeed. you guys do that, the sooner we'll be able to do that. <laughs> our jobs depend on it. Uh, be well, friends. Until next time. <laughs>